0: Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk.
1: Brought to you by La Harte Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out LaHeart.ie for their latest offers.
2: Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is open now. It's 083 311 331 plenty to come on tonight's show. We will reflect on Ross Gray's big win over Iniscara in the Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Championship Semi-Final. They take on Mona Lean later in the couple of weeks' time in December. Uh, big win for them, 117-39. to We'll also look back on the panel that was selected for the Tipperary Senior Hurling Panel and reflect on that with JJ Kennedy, 40 man team selected by Liam Cal over the course of the week. Lots of discussion points in relation to that. Um, We'll also look back on the County Under-19 win for Clonmel commercials later in tonight's show. We've got Alan Quinlan later to discuss Ireland Australia and I suppose the Autumn Internationals in general and local soccer with Barry Ryan as well. Don't forget our text number and WhatsApp number is 0833111 double three, double one. And don't forget as well that, that we are looking for nominations for the November Sports Star of the Month. This is in association with the Talbot Hotel in Camel and John Cork Jewelers in Care. Lots of great winners, monthly winners so far this year, including people like Aidan O'Brien, uh, Amy Lee. Um, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> her name escapes me now, but so many great, great uh, winners that we've had. Rachel Blackmore, etc. as well. And um, uh, we'd love to get your nominations for the November for the November award just send an email to sportsstar at tipfm.com Amy Lee Cron- Amy Lee Murphy actually is the lady of his name I was thinking of the great sevens uh, international for Ireland oh eight three let let's just reflect initially on that game between Ross Gray and Inish finished finish 117 for Ross Gray 3-9 for Inish Garrett. late goals. for Inish Garrett, I think kind of Glossed over how dominant a performance, particularly a second half performance, this was for us. Gray, Liam England spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full time whistle.
1: The game was definitely in the melting pot at half time, and we we were um, we were down a hole. But to be fair, we dug ourselves out of it and had an absolutely massive second half. And I just said in the dressing room there: these boys, to be fair to them, they're never bet Like they just stayed going to the bitter end. It was very similar against Bally Sagers and against Kirtnahoo, and indeed against Burgess in the in the county semi final as well. Lad. So these boys are nailing it in the second half all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean it was a really close first half. Finish Carrig got the goal. They burst on through. Second half, you had that. 10-minute period, perhaps 15 minutes and you really just put those scores on the board. We did, Jan. to be fair listen, we knew exactly what Inish Cairo were going to bring they were going to bring a savage amount
1: of work rate, a savage amount of intensity, with a little bit of quality mixed in there as well, and they brought it, and they were excellent in the first half, and caused our lads lots and lots of hassle, and we did hit eight wides, I think in the first half, which is a bit disappointing, but again, we had some harsh words at half-time, and to be fair, the players are most of the talking themselves, and they came out in the second half, and they're absolutely brilliant yet again so my hat's off to them, very, very proud of them
0: was it 1-7 and hit this time that goal in the second half really just was uh, important because uh the other lads came back at you late on in the game Inish Cara just weren't letting it go
1: they did and you can see we, we, we needed it like, and I think we were maybe 3 or 4 pints up when, when Luke got that goal and it put a distance between the teams that was there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes after we kind of were 8 or 9 pints up for a lot of the second half which is brilliant but yeah we knew Inish Cara were going to come again our lads kind of and it does happen in hurling and, and, and sport at times when you have a bit of a lead that you kind of naturally retreat Like, so we were a little bit disappointed at that like, but um, overall yeah again just happy we, we would have took 2 pints to 1 today and we got out there with two points victory, so it's absolutely brilliant.
0: Another step along the road, and you have a Munster final now to look forward to. I believe it is from Limerick, and uh, like it's just brilliant to be clean at that level and uh, you know representing tip
1: we keep on saying it to boys where else would you rather be like it's absolutely brilliant I know I said to you before about these steps like but yeah listen we are we're, we're heading to step nine now our goal is to get to Crow Park and same as same as it is for Monoline and same as it is for Trim and torine and all these different teams these opportunities don't come only maybe once in a lifetime so you have to kind of go for them when they're there but Monoline I know listen they're, they're a serious side they've won a couple of minor championships in a row in, in Limerick they're a well-coached team with Ombresland from, from and, and uh, uh, Dermot Gleeson as well I know very well so listen it's going to be a ding dong battle yet again
0: that's great have that kind of uh, tip rivalry there
1: yeah sure it is listen we were texting each other a couple of weeks ago alright but uh, we haven't had any texts in the last couple of weeks I'm sure we probably won't for the next two but uh, we'll be best friends again after that
0: yeah and uh, like Gray just seemed to be growing all the time the players just playing with confidence if something doesn't work out for them they'll wait and go again and they won't give up yeah I should listen
1: be, be fair to them they know, they're loving it at the moment and it's a very unique time a unique experience for them so and they're, they're grasping with both hands training them at the moment and has been to be fair all year is very very easy we're getting 30 lads up we have uh, we have 30 lads chomping at the bit not alone for a starting place but to be in that 5 I think we brought on 5 subs again today like. and uh, lads are chomping at the bit to get into that 15 and, and, and 5 subs coming on
0: and uh, the mood is great and the town the supporters were there again today
1: yeah it's brilliant we, we, we keep on talking about it and we are we, we consider ourselves, I suppose, a little bit of a sleeping giant. And uh it's great, the community coming behind us. Uh they, they're loving it with lots of bunting and flags around Ross Grey and it's it's yeah, it's a unique time and listen, we we are on a, we're top of the world at the moment, so we are.
2: That's Liam England from Ross Grey, top of the world, top of the county, and uh we wish them well in that Munster final which will take place in a couple of weeks against Mona Leen, managed as Liam said there by Owen Brisland of to me, Vara that'll make for interesting viewing Mona Lean, 213 St. Joseph's Stewart Bearfield 16 points in the other semi-final but we'll come back and we'll talk about that match in due course but I'm going to break away from for a minute because I'm delighted to welcome to Extra Time the new Tipperary Senior hurling captain for 2023 Noel McGrath Noel how are you? I'm Ron. now knowing yourself. Very well, and I just want to congratulate you on your appointment because you've been in that panel for a long time, you've served under many captains, and you've possibly wondered whether you'd get the gig at some stage.
3: Ah, yeah, look, I suppose I, uh, <coughs> I've been around for for a few years now, all right, but um, look, it's something that often, I suppose, might cross your mind, but it's not something that I ever honed in on or something that um, I felt I ever had to do, and... Um, if it, if I was asked to do it, I I would have loved to have done it. And and Liam has asked me to to take on the mantle this year, and I'm delighted to take it up, and I'm looking forward
2: to it. It's it's a singular honour for you and your family. I know your dad, Captain Tip, back in the '80s as well. So you know it it continues a a line, a, an umbilical that the McGrath family have.
3: Yeah, it does I suppose, um, that he was captain in, in eighty nine, um um of Tip after Lockmore won the county final in eighty eight. So um yeah, it is. It's it's nice to follow on that, um on on that tradition and it's nice to represent the club and, and the family and all the people who have who have helped I suppose me to get to a position to play for Tip and um to be able to compete for Tip and um hopefully um that it shows a bit of um it's a bit of a return for them and the people who have put a lot of time and effort into into the club um, and into Tipperary over the, the last number of years.
2: I mean, it won't come as a surprise when I ask you about last year being such a disappointment for you and for the panel and for everybody involved. How how important is it that none of that bleeds into this year?
4: Yeah, look, I suppose
3: last year was very disappointing. like um, As players and as a county and as a whole, I suppose management and backroom team we were all disappointed with the way the results went and um but look I suppose now we're looking forward and last year is is gone and it's history and unfortunately we can't change it so the only way to to work around it is to is to knuckle down and get going again for 2023 when that time comes around and um doctors there's, there's a, a a good few um new members in on the panel this year as you team was was named last mm-hmm. week um for for the next um for twenty twenty three and there's gonna be a lot of lads looking for places, a lot of lads pushing um to make an impression and that's the way it has to be and um I think we're all looking forward to it when, when we when we get back together and get back training and um try to get to get Tipperary back um competitive again in twenty twenty three.
2: Forgive the familial question, but how's John re- recovery from that terrible injury yet?
3: Yeah, look, I suppose he, he, he had a, a big injury and he's he missed a, a large part of the year. So he's progressing nicely and uh, he's been working away over the last couple of weeks and wants to, to rehab it and get it right again. And um, I suppose it'll be into the new year and he'll see how he is as regards training and getting back into competitive action again. But so far, so good with the return to it. But um, he's been doing all the work um, that was needed to be done with the physios. and. Um, anyone that was helping him out as well. So when the time is right, he'll, he'll be back in action again. Whenever that'll be, I'm not so sure, but um, so far, so good with the uh, rehab.
2: Yeah, we wish him well because it's a long road. It was never going to be a quick fix after that uh, injury that he suffered. A lot of the panel have worked with um, Liam and Mikey Beavins in the past and had great success with them as well. And then you have the other cohort of players like yourself and Shamie, for example, who probably will be coming to this a little bit fresher.
5: Yeah, that's
3: it. Like I suppose um, it's uh, we've all seen the success that them lads had as players um, with Liam and Mikey over them back um, in 2016 as a minor team, and also as well in 2015 they uh, narrowly lost an All Ireland final, and then there was the the under 21 and the under 20s win um, in 2018 and 2019. So um, yeah, they've had great success, and um, they'll be familiar with them and. Um, but everybody's looking forward to the challenge. Like everybody's looking forward to the the new, fresh, um, fresh setup that's coming coming um, in the new year. And um, that's the way it is. And a bit of freshness always helps people. Um, and the lads that were on them teams with Liam know what's required. And um, anyone that wasn't um, knows what's required. And will know what's required over the next couple of weeks and months um, to get up to that level.
2: I mentioned the sort of the cohort players like Brian, your brother, who who would have been uh, soldiering in the in the trenches with Mikey and with with Liam. But then you've other players like Brian O'Mara, who's back. Niall, o, Niall O'Mara, uh, Holy uh, Kilowhan, Holy Cross. The O'Mara's unrelated. They're both back and committed this year, and like they're serious hurlers. You saw how influential Niall was um, in in Kilowhan's Dan Breen success, and we all know how classy a hurler Brian O'Mara is.
3: Yeah, look, I suppose in, no matter what team in, in sport, in the whole world um, that you're involved in, um, you need all the players um, available to you, all the the, the top, top players. And um, it's great to have them, them lads in the panel um, for 2023 and along with plenty of other lads who haven't been on the panel before, maybe some that have been on the panel before and Everyone that's just looking to make an impression, and um, like for any team to succeed in whatever sport it is, um, whatever code it is, um, whatever level it is, you need all the players available. And um, look, um, we'll be looking forward to. It. There's forty lads there at the moment, and um, that will be looking to, to to make a panel come to league, come to championship, and open to to get places um, when they're up for grabs.
2: You don't need me to tell you how competitive Munster is. You just have to look, I think, at the Bally Gunner. I don't know if you saw the Bally Gunner in a game yesterday to see how ferocious a club match. It it almost resembled an intercounty match yesterday. And uh, the, an awful lot of the physicality, the fitness levels that are being required of the senior club players in that championship now resemble that of intercounty, don't they?
3: Yeah, look, it was, a, it was a serious hurling match, um, and one that, that <laughs> I, I, I I sat down and watched from start to finish, um, and um, it was it was great to watch. And yeah, look, the, the fitness levels were unbelievably high, and their players that have obviously trained hard through the year, some with their county and then go back to their club, and obviously their, their club teams have good setups that the the players that maybe weren't on the county teams were were kept fit and working away, but. I suppose one thing that's been spoken about since that match yesterday was a lot about the physicality and the fitness and all that. But there was there was a lot of skill involved in that match as well yesterday. Some unbelievable scores taken, some unbelievable striking and stick passing. So I suppose it just had everything you wanted in a hurling match. Um and that's I suppose the modern game now you have to be you have to be fit and strong and able to move the ball fast and to the right positions. And that game yesterday had it all and mm. That's that's something that every team in the country is is trying to do at the moment, and um, um, I suppose next year will be no different. With with teams trying different styles and different ways of playing, and looking for styles that will suit each team.
2: When you think about the the way the Tipperary were successful in 2010, when you know your first All Ireland, and and the style of play that was utilised then, and that would have been a style of play that say Bonner, Maher, Jamie Callan and yourself would be well used to. And you look at how the game has evolved. How difficult has it been for you? maybe a little bit more difficult for you compared to some of the younger players who perhaps went through that hurling evolution in terms of going, playing through the lines and all that kind of stuff that's spoken about so much. Have you found that a sea change in how you approach Championship hurling?
3: To be honest, I haven't, Rowan, because, uh, as you said, um, I suppose I've been there through it and there was probably subtle changes year on year um, while you're playing there. So while you're involved in it, you probably don't notice the changes as much. It's probably if you look at a match from maybe 10 or 15 years ago and then look at a match from now, you might see the differences, all right. But as a player, I suppose, you're just going in to get the best out of yourself every night of training. And then when it comes to match days, you just want to get that out in the field. And whether that's a different style or whatever it is you like to call it, I suppose, you just have to adapt and change. And, like, at the moment like teams i suppose limerick are the, the number one team in the country and um you see that they, their style is the one that a lot of teams i suppose or club teams as well are are trying to emulate and find a way to take that down so that's an interesting part and i suppose it, it it's great for as a player and it's great as a hurling person to to have that challenge and um, that's that's what's good about sport is that there's always new ways of, of doing things and different ways of trying things and um, over the next few years it'll, it'll evolve again and there'll be something different in five or ten years' time again. So um, it's it's what keeps the game good and it's what keeps, I suppose, people interested in it and keeps us as players excited about going back training and getting ready for a new year again.
2: When you approach a new season and, you know, it's, I don't know, Twelfth, fourteenth—I don't know how many seasons you've been playing senior inter county with Tip, but it's a long number of seasons. And hunger is something that you like. Looking at your performances last year, you were only All Star nominee. So for you, hunger isn't a difficulty, um, and a, not not a difficulty for the likes of Bonner or Shamey either. But there is a sense that you know you're in the autumn of your careers. I'm not writing any obituaries yet. Don't on your careers. Don't don't. Pre- think for a moment I am but there is a sense perhaps that there's only a couple of more years longevity left in this for you and some of your colleagues and is that is that a driver
3: Ah, yeah look I suppose uh, uh, every time you go out you, you you want to give everything you have and look I'm I'm smart enough to know that I've more years played than I have left um um hurling but while I'm enjoying it when while I have that hunger and motivation and and drive to go train and go get myself prepared to play matches. I, I'll stay going as long as, as long as I can do that with both and County. And like, I suppose when, when you enjoy it as much as that, it, it doesn't become a chore and it doesn't become something that you don't feel like doing. And at the moment I, I'm loving like the last couple of years, I'm loving getting my body ready to train and play with the club and with Tipperary. And, that's going to be no different for next year again. And they just take it year by year, I suppose. And I've always done that, even from a younger age, I suppose. I've never looked too far ahead because you don't know what's around the corner. So you just take it year by year. And at the moment, um, heading into the, the winter, I suppose, you would be have your eye on, on January to getting yourself around going back again and getting the body tuned and the mind tuned in to, to have a tilt-off 2023 with Tip.
2: Yeah, well, we look, Noel, I, I'm sure I'll remind you of what you said about loving it when, when there's a cold night in January and you're up in Dr. Morris Park and you're running and doing having everything, the guts run out of you. But anyway, I wish you well. I really do. Yeah. And I wish you and your panel and everyone in the backroom team the very, very best look for 2023. And I think all of us wish you the very best look. It's, a, it's an honour for you and your club and your family. And uh, congratulations on that honour being bestowed upon you. And I just love to see you with a bit of silverware at the end of the, the year. That's all I can wish for you. Thanks a million, Ron. I take it easy. That's Noel McGrath joining us there. My thanks to him for joining us this evening. And uh, we wish him well, our new senior hurling captain for 2023. He's been in that blue and gold for a long time. Since 20, 2009, he made his first appearance on the team on the 14th of February 2009 when he came out as a substitute in a defeat of Cork and uh, he's made 136 league and championship appearances for Tipperary, winning All-Ireland medals in 10, 16 and 19 to go with two All-Ireland minor and one All-Ireland under 21. All-stars in 09, 10 and 19. And Ronan Maher, incidentally of Sarsfields, will be the vice-captain for 2023. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few moments with just a bit of a reflection on the panel's yeah, you're welcome back. Our text number is 0833113311. One texter says, great news that the South Border are running off the under-21 championships in football and hurling. We wondered about this last week, I have to say, because some texts were coming in in relation to fixtures. Hopefully, the texter goes on to say, it'll go on to county championships and keep young men playing GA while the World Cup soccer is going on, uh, says that texter. Um, great win for Ross Grey. they need to cut down on the overpassing two hands in the hurley when rising the ball says Liam comes in in relation I'm sure that Ross Grey will take your advice on board uh, 083 311 3311 uh, JJ Kennedy's on the line to talk about the hurling panel how are you JJ? Hi Ronan The thing that struck me when I saw the panel was you've got the, a kind of a cohort of players who soldiered with Liam and Mikey Beavins, one had great success at minor and under 21 on one end of the sandwich you have younger players the likes of um Paddy Creeden and the Campions coming into the panel. And on the other side of that, then, you have the Noel McGraths, Bonners and Shamie Callan. So it's kind of that ultimate mix of that cohort in the middle who are quite well known to Liam and then a cohort either side who probably aren't.
4: Yeah, it, it's a bit of a mix and match um, type of type of setup. I suppose it it reflects where, where the county is at and where the team and the panel is at at this stage. You know, as you said, you have the you have the survivors from from the great days of, of the past ten, twelve years or whatever. Um, you know, the Bonamars and then the Knowles of course and uh Callanan Callan and that. And uh, and then you've the you have the younger cohort uh, coming in and as you said a lot of them <clears throat> a lot of them had soldiered with Liam um at underage level and obviously that that has uh, that has influenced his decision. Obviously. He raised these guys, I think, and uh, and they're coming in to, to, to supplement the panel I, I think it's kind of interesting the panel you know from the point of view of some of the new guys that are in and and some of the guys that are that are no longer there you know it's, it's, uh, it's always fascinating when a new manager comes in and he, he puts his mark on things and He makes his choices as regards players and that, and uh, you certainly have that with this group.
2: Anyone surprise omissions for you? Bearing in mind that there are some players who aren't available because they're going travelling or for whatever reason. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, people looked at Brian Hogan's omission, but he's (coughs) not available. It's not that he was left out, I think he's gone travelling.
4: No, I mean, you could argue, You could argue. obviously, uh, J- Jerome Cahill not being there, but again, that's that's a personal choice, so I uh, assume that he, he would certainly have been in there.
2: I think um, he, he went on the record kind of saying it just doesn't suit where he is at the moment lifestyle-wise, yeah. you know, and, and like, yeah. I think everyone needs to remember the sacrifices required for an inter-county hurler. Noel McGrath touched on it there in terms of, you know, you start mm. in January and you're you know, your life's in ah, yeah. hold for months and months.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's huge, and uh, I mean the collective training season begins this week, doesn't it? I think it's the 24th of November is the officially when they're allowed to uh, assemble and, and start training. So you know, while the rest of us are at home enjoying the comforts and being indoors this weather, these guys are are in gyms or, or, they're, or they're meeting whatever at weekends and. Uh, it's tough going, and and it's personal choice. I mean, fellas make them; they're, they're totally entitled to that. The rest of us might be disappointed because because we rate them so much. But uh, that's the case with Jerome Cahill. Um, just come back to your question, I, I guess uh, people probably um, would be a little bit surprised, maybe Alan Flynn not to be not to be on the on the list there. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's uh, the two Flyn's are, are left out of of it. Uh, I think Alan particularly. Uh, you know, had done reasonably well while he was there, so people would be a little bit surprised on, on that one. Um, a lot of people, myself included, thought that Aaron Morgan, Craig's brother, might mm. might uh, make make the cut as well because he was certainly one of their. I know he got a bad injury um, at, at the end of it against uh, Ballygunner, and that, but he, he certainly had a good season and, and looked looked a promising guy. So, you know, there were some guys like that you could you could uh, you could look at. Um, you know, as you say, Brian Brian Hogan. Obviously, he's he's that's that's by choice. Robert Byrne, I suppose, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, people are probably surprised there, especially given the fact that he was he was he was a Liam Cahill a type of protege, I suppose. I mean, Liam, Liam sprung him, remember, in 2018, on the with the under 21s um, when he made those wholesale changes after the Munster final defeat. Um Robert Byrne was, was, was one of the, the surprise ones that came on board, at centre back and, and was there for the All-Ireland. So maybe a little bit of a surprise in that. And uh, after that, I, I, I don't know that there was any huge surprise. John Marr gone again. I mean, he's had a very checkered sort of experience with, with the county panels. He's been in and out uh, over several years. And, um,
2: never was able to nail down a, a spot for longer than one game. Like he never, I, I don't hmm. ever remember him. I'm open to correction. This starting two consecutive games.
4: Yeah, I'd say you're probably you're probably right. And and was plagued by injuries uh, at, at awesome, different man. stages as well. And uh, he, he's, you know, I, I possibly at, at the end. This may be unfair to him. He 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 enters that category of player who is was uh, absolutely outstanding at, at club level. And, uh, you know, one of the very best in our club championship different years. But just, just not coming up to the um, to the higher notch. And it, there are several players uh, have had that experience. It's nothing new and it just indicates how difficult it is to, to, to get up to the, the top rung of the ladder, if you like. You and, know, um, but
2: when we talk about players who have been included, there's going to be parishes around the county who go well, You didn't mention our fella, but... Bear with me while I just mention a couple of players. I'm delighted to see Kieran Connolly, uh, Lochmore Castle mm. there. Uh, Shane Neville from Cracklow, it was slightly left field for me.
4: Yeah, well, Shane is Latin Cullen, of course. Um yes. the The family background is, is Cracklow and and you know his dad was a garda in, in uh, he's retired now, but um, was a garda in Tiptown. Town, and uh, Shane uh, went to the Abbey, of course, and and was very much part of, of Liam's. Liam Cahill's sort of underage setup, uh, if you I remember, I, I I kind of I I think Liam, you know, found a role for for him in those some of those teams if you remember them, um, you know that he he was coming in a lot of times as a sub and and was very very good at that, um, even even in that that minor win um, twenty what sixteen, the the one against Limerick wasn't it? You know we had hammered him in the Munster final and the All-Ireland was a lot tighter and, and Shane came in as a sub there made a major impact when he came in as a sub in that and he's been there with the underage panels with, with Liam and obviously Liam sees something in him and, uh, and uh, has obviously followed his fortunes up, uh, yeah, in, up uh, in Cracklow
2: but I believe his club form in Cracklow is cracking if you pardon the uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, alliteration uh, a couple of others Johnny Ryan from Arravale Rovers he's a former minor <laughs> ma- captain if memory serves and maybe yeah. a, a kind of a Liam Kyle type player Although Liam, yeah. Cahill, if he was here, he'd say, "Well, define a Liam Cahill type player for me, Ron. I don't know if I can, but anyway, go on, Johnny yeah. Ryan. He's plenty, plenty about him, like.
4: Yeah, I mean, he in some ways very similar to to Shane Neville, and again, I think, I think Liam Cahill would uh, would see him as as very much, uh, you know, a player with a great attitude, and um, different days uh, underage, age, uh, Liam has given him particular jobs of, of man marking and. Uh, He's one of those guys that will absolutely do what you want him to do and will give it everything and, you know, super attitude. I think attitude is always a big thing with, with Liam Cahill on these, uh, with these teams and, and the players that he chooses. And um, both Shane Neville and uh, Johnny Ryan would have that in common, that they would be outstanding in that area. Um, whether other aspects would be good enough for them to thrive at senior level, we'll only have to wait and see. But they're certainly getting their chances. And, and I think it's it's just it's because that. I mean, Cal knows them. He knows them intimately since those underage days. And, and he obviously likes what he sees. And, and he thinks that they would be able to do a job for him. And uh,
2: hopefully he's right. And final question then, the league, how pivotal is it going to be? A lot of these lads need game time in senior inter county hurling the likes of the champions for example have been really impressive at underage but mm-hmm. like it's a different gravy when you're playing senior hurling
4: it is it is and you know the league it's it's difficult i think because the league comes and goes very quickly you have i don't know what is it five games or whatever and um, you on the one hand you have to sort of win games you you, you can't just uh, go out and, and pull out teams that are losing all the time you have to try and win a few games and at the same time then mix in uh, some of these new guys to see how they fare in that company so it's it's going to be difficult and now obviously the management uh, they're seeing these guys in challenge matches in training in Morris Park they're seeing them uh, in, in several different areas so they're not just going on the bits and pieces that the rest of us see in a league match but uh, the league I suspect won't be a top priority in terms of, of winning it out or anything like that um, I'd imagine Neil will, will want to do as well as possible in the league and, um, you know, survive in the league, hopefully bring in some of these players, blood some of these players, and hopefully they'll, they, they'll show form. And I think the big thing then will be the championship. And I'd imagine he'll set an initial target of at least getting out of Munster. That has to be the first.
2: Yeah, target, easier I said than done. And Joe, do you know what often strikes me at the end of leagues is we often, in recent years, have sort of suggested, I don't know if if we know our best 15 yet. And so the league. If anything has to ensure that everyone's clear on perhaps what our starting fifteen for championship is going to be,
4: yeah. Though so very often, very often, it's it's as you say, it's the case that we don't, and uh, you know, because fellows are there and maybe they, they they show mixed impressions. You know, good one day and then the next day they're not so good, and you're left wondering. It's you know, it's not an exact science. It's it's difficult, and. Uh, but Tipperary are just at at that stage where they have to go with experimenting and, and see can they bring these guys on and bring them up to a level. And uh I, I guess the one the one positive thing, Ronan, is that, you know, if you look at Liam Cahill's record with the underage teams in Tipperary, he had he had this facility for getting the absolute maximum out of the players at his disposal. And uh you know, looking back and would probably have, have won some All-Irelands with teams that wouldn't rate as the greatest teams that ever went out in that grade. But he, he was just able to, to, to inspire them or whatever and to draw the maximum out of them, which is which is a great quality. That's, ultimately, that's what a manager has to be able to do, uh, I guess. And I suppose that's putting a positive spin on it. That's the hope that he will be able to bring the absolute max out of these fellas when it comes to their league and then ultimately championship.
2: It'll be intriguing and fascinating. JJ, we'll talk about it as it unfolds. Many thanks for your time tonight. Thanks, thanks, Ronan. That's uh, JJ Kennedy with your reaction to that panel selection. Stephen Gleeson's on the line because we're going to talk Ross Gray some more. How are you, Stephen? Hi, Ronan. Keep Uh, How impressive was that second half blitz by Ross Gray that really shook off Inishkara?
6: Oh, it was fantastic! You know they've done it in a few matches now, but never with the sustained pressure of nearly twenty minutes of outstanding hurling. Really, you know I think it was one six without reply at one stage there, just after half time. And you have to remember they went in um, a couple of points down at half time, and it looked like Inishkara were well in the game. And at the start of the second half, a different Ros emerged, and they absolutely blitzed Inishkara from there up until very near full time and it was just a fantastic display but it's something that they have built into their play they seem to come out after the break and just go up a couple of gears automatically and catch the opposition um, off guard almost and it's happened in a couple of the matches that I've seen Ros Grey do it's reminiscent of what Kilkenny used to do back in the day and I know Eddie Brennan is involved with Ros Grey but it's like they just go to turbo for a few minutes and then it's like an even game again and uh, it was fantastic, you know, led by some brilliant forwards there, uh, the likes of Luke Cashin there and Sam Conlon, really involved in everything that they
2: did. I think Luke Cashin, what did he get, one five of the second half total?
6: Yeah, he's excellent. You know, he's a super forward. Um, he broke through for a goal, you know, got in there for a goal and that really changed the game just as the second half was on. And the thing with him is that... Uh, he just had to bide his time there because Liam Ryan was sixth for Inish Kara. He was unbelievable. He was blocking him down. He was in, diving, taking on two three hurlers at the same time. He was excellent. And Luke Cashin still found the room, found the space. And, you know, he was ably assisted there as well. Conor Sheedy is a player that has been very involved up till now, had a goal chance blocked. Sam Conlon had a goal chance blocked. Their forwards are really good and really sharp. And Luke Cashin is uh, is right in the mix there. You've also got the tip panellist as well, um, Alan okay. Tynan, who hit four points from play. And he was really good, you know. And he's a fellow that could be starting next year for Tipperary in the Championship, the way he's hurling. And he just gets involved in everything. So it was great. He a really good blend. But um, again, like going in the first half, you'd say Inish were well in the game. But the start of the second half... They just upped those gears and uh, blew them away at that stage. But then allowed Inish Cara back in late on, a game that looked done and dusted, all of a sudden finished a two-point win.
2: We haven't been in a Munster Intermediate Final for a long time. Uh, I don't know when the last time we won one. It might have been Killadangan under Dara Egan many, many years ago and, and won the Old Ireland. Uh, but it's been a while. But I would give Moss Grey every chance against Munaline.
6: Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, Ros Gray's ambition has been strong all year, and you know that Liam England is looking for that uh, that step plan all the way to Crow Park. And I really admire his ambition, and I really admire his honesty to push on with that. And, you know, they've blitzed before them this year. They've been really good. I saw them play against uh, Burgess, seen them again in the county final, and the last time out there where they beat Bally Staggart, and again this time round. And they're growing all the time. They're you know, attempting stuff with puckouts and it's working, and they just seem to be finding form with every game. They're just growing in confidence, and you know, Monaleen will provide difficult opposition there. And you have that tip interest with uh, with Brazilian. the two men involved as well, Ombresland, and it like there's a lot involved there. I suppose that he'll know all about Ros Grey and Mauna will be strong but um, like the change this year in uh, the Tip County Championship where you have the Aurene Cup winners mm. playing in the Intermediate Championship has really reaped reward for Ros Grey and it's proved to be a decision that they'll be very happy with. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean like Flying it. Flying it is right. I've got to fly uh, myself. Um, Stephen, many thanks for joining us. I appreciate That's your time cheers Ron, and thanks not at all uh, Stephen Gleeson and just while I'm, uh, Stephen Gleeson's in my head um, I just want to say that there's a cyclocross twen- uh, event on in Drumban uh, this coming Saturday and Sunday the 26th and 27th of November is the National Cyclocross League these are really good events if you can get to up to Drumban for youth, women's, men's, and beginners races on Saturday and Sunday of next week for cyclocross, it's a really, really ex- exciting cycling event, and I hope you turn up in your droves to that. It's on this coming weekend in Drumban. Anyway, let's talk football because Martin Quinn livens on the line. How are you, Martin? Hi,
7: hey Ronan. How are
2: you? Uh, County under nineteen win for commercials over Thurlis Sarsfields. How easy was it?
7: I uh, won by a point, running and um, yeah, hanging on in the, in the end of the ga- end of the game. Really, really good game, in fairness, for the time of the year. Uh, golden surface, as usual, was uh, was top class, uh, but there was a really strong wind. Commercials had it in the first half, flew out of the blocks, had 1-3 up on the score after 10 minutes, and those six points, they needed every single one of them before the end of the game. Uh, the 1-3 was backbone by a great Peter McGarry goal, uh, early doors, before... Sarsfield's kind of settled and pulled the goal back themselves through Jack Fogarty but, it's actually sort of
2: the likes of Paddy Creeden on that team, wouldn't it?
7: No, Paddy's overage for that. Oh, he? But he? Certainly, yeah, the likes of Darryl Stakelham and Lee McCormack, among others, okay. uh, were very, very strong. Really good players now, to be honest. Peter Creeden coaching them all right. I know Paddy, I think, is the year ahead of that. Um, so, yeah, and the second goal from commercials just before half time from full-back Ross Slattery, he went the length of the field, he a 1-2 uh, with Peter McGarry and, uh, and finished low to the net. That was a crucial score as well because... Uh, you know, Sarsfields had got it back to two points and knew they had out the wins in the second half. And, uh, you know, commercials were glad to be going in. I think they went in six points up at half time. And like I said, uh, the Sarsfields kind of dominated the second half. Lee McCormick kicked some great scores. Doris Dickham, as I mentioned, very, very strong. And indeed, you know, commercials only scored two points in the second half um, and, and, and and relied on goalkeeper Shane Ryan for a couple of good saves near the end to uh, to keep them, keep them ahead in the game and uh, yeah, they saw it out in the end so uh, they were delighted the to win at commercials because um, if you think of the likes of young McGarry, Jane Morris that was their fourth under-19 final the competition's only two years old <laughs> in Ireland and football but they'd lost two under-19 finals with St Mary's and they lost last year's under-19 football final in so uh, uh, I think in their last throw of the dice they'd be very glad to get their hands on a winner's medal at under-19 level
2: I know and the season's not over for them yet I suppose the news we got this weekend was that the game against Newcastle West is going to go ahead in the stadium Uh, how important do you think that decision is?
7: Um, well, I know it's what the players and management look for immediately after the, the game in Parky Um I think this time of the year, two factors really. The pitch in Calmel is not in the best to Nick Ronan. Um, the girls played their final with the Cumber Rangers last week, and uh, you know, it had rain, it rained during the game, but you know, even in the build-up to that, it's quite soft and heavy underfoot, and uh, Torles will be the opposite. Uh, also the fact, that, I suppose, with, you know, you're know, you always looking at the weather forecast now, and you know, again, it's very unsettled for the week. You really don't want it having in back of your mind, well, if it, if it doesn't work out, we will go to wherever Arlen and/or wherever else might be available. You know, where at least you know you're able to focus in and set the stadium? Commercials a really good record in, in Torlas as well, and uh, you know, I think. Does that, it, is uh,
2: it a case of styles make fights? That you know that the the open space that you'll have a better side just suits hmm. the way commercials are playing. That they're, 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 the choice of stadium <laughs> is playing to their strengths.
7: It will, and you know, I mean, we all enjoyed the open, free-flowing football that. Oh, yeah. down in Parky Quay last week but I don't think next Sunday is going to be like that I suspect Newcastle West uh, will come and set up much more defensively be physically strong and then look to hitch it quickly on the break very much like the Limerick senior football team have done and Tipperary backbone, but by commercial players have struggled with that in the last seasons so uh, you know they'll be very much on their guard I know that they're homework done in Newcastle West and most definitely not looking beyond that but I do think the commercials performances in Temple Stadium uh, you know have been, have been very very good even you know, their only defeat in many years there was the last minute goal to more in last yeah. year's county final so uh, you know they'll be, be glad to do that I suppose the upshot if it was of course going back to Torless Ashes. is Torless Ashfields also have a home game in the Munster Junior Championship That's this nice. year, this weekend uh, but they're going to Temple Two to fulfil that because I don't think people would take a chance on two games being on in the stadium even if over no, no. Saturday and Sunday not this, not this time of the year on and know
2: I'm getting a host of texts about an under 17 match but I'm afraid I'm out of time Martin and I won't put you on the spot and ask your thoughts on that. But anyway, Shinjke listen, good talking to you. My talk next Monday night after that commercials match. Thanks for Cheers doing. it. Cheers, Lonan. Thanks Thank very much. Uh, lots more to come next time. Take a quick break. Back in a sec. Extra
6: okay. time on Tip
1: FM, brought to you by La Lahart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out Lahart.ie for their latest offers.
2: Uh, just before I go any further, congratulations to Featherton winning the under-19A ladies football county final against Borland. That went extra time, I believe, uh, at the weekend. And also congratulations to my Rovers, who overcame Brian Barouse in the B division. Uh, Alan Quinnan's on the line. Good evening, Alan.
5: Good evening, Ronan. How are
2: you? I'm very well, and thanks for taking the time tonight. Uh, a lot to talk about, I think, from the Ireland-Australia game, but I, wanna, I was listening to your commentary when uh, the... The Australian scrum half came back onto the onto the field, and Nick White, and you you weren't really happy about it. You thought it was a difficult thing to see. Yeah,
5: I'd go f- farther and say this, um, not being happy about it. I was pretty upset by it, um, Ian, because um, obviously we're trying to send out a message that um, you know, with all the the talk around concussions in rugby and and at the top level, you want Behaviors and and proper decisions made, and I think you could clearly see that Nick White did stumble. It was the second bang he got in a couple of minutes, and you know the decision for him to come back on the on the field uh, was was wrong in my opinion. And it's been proven. I've it's been proven now that that should have happened because the independent match doctor was looking at the first incident when when Nick White was trying to tackle Mac Hansen down the touchline. Mm. He got a bang from that. There was a little pause, uh, couple, you know, a minute or so before the lineout happens. Nick White is back there; and takes the ball off the back of the lineup, makes a break, and he's involved in a collision. Um, unfortunately, he hits um, Josh Vanderflier's knee, so he got two knocks and was clearly dazed. And um,
2: so, so shoot, what happens, Alan? Just explain to our listeners. He goes off the field for HIA. Who conducts that? Is that yeah. the Australian team doctor?
5: No, it's, yeah, it is, and it's um, with the independent match doctor as well. Okay. It's a head injury assessment, and, you know, the the recommendation is if you show any symptoms on the field of unsteady on your feet or day's look, um, that you shouldn't be going for HIA. You should be removed permanently from the field. And he obviously wobbled a couple of times. Um, so in that case, World Rugby's recommendations are that, you know, you don't come back on the field.
2: And, and he's been stood been down, better.
5: you know... To, he's been to, stood down now for yeah. 12 days because obviously the the match day doctor said he was watching the first incident and he didn't see the second one. So it's a little bit flawed there and what happened uh, shouldn't have happened. And Nick White comes out and says, well, I was grand, I was fine. He's rolled out for the press conference afterwards in the mixed zone. Um, and obviously players need to be protected. And it's bigger than just this game or this incident it, it, those kind of behaviours have to be adhered to right across the board um, and obviously when you have match doctors and the medical people with video cameras you think it should be you know really looked after and got right but it wasn't in this instance and um, it was unfortunate because he shouldn't have come back on the field
2: I mean rugby has issues and you know y- you know better than me, but like you've the Steve Thompson story, you've Ryan Jones of Wales. Uh, these are very significant long-term effects that these players are beginning to exhibit from from playing the game at the highest level. And and those optics just look terrible. You see um, oh, the French scrum half getting a red card against South Africa. Antoine Dupont. Dupont. And like the player lands on his head. You see a yellow card in the Ireland-South Africa game after... Ah, uh, it was...
5: Yes, the Purcell, tackle. Yeah, to
2: tackle, yeah. I mean, there's certain optics that need to be cleaned up there.
5: Yeah, you're always going to um certain things happen, unfortunate incidents. The Anton Dupont one on, on Colby himself in, in that South Africa game was uh, was a clear red. And, you know, he was punished for that. And he's suspended for four weeks, I think. He actually misses a monster game um, in a couple of weeks' time in Europe, but um, I just think that World Rugby have done a lot in to try and um, to try and protect a run, and I should say, my apologies. World, world Rugby have done a lot to try and uh, change the behaviours. They've been very strict in the sticking to their guns as regards um, tackle technique, um, trying to reduce the height of the tackle, the impact, and zero tolerance on any high shots or collisions with a person's head and they have to stick to their guns. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Yes, certain people in the game who say, well, well, that shouldn't have been, but he didn't mean that, that shoulder to the face. But players have to be different. And I've had this chat with several coaches. They have to coach differently and try and get their techniques right. And, you know, some people, obviously a lot of us in the Southern Hemisphere about, you know, players getting sent off, that it ruins the game. But I think... The welfare of the players is bigger than the game. And I think, thankfully, we've seen a lot of positive movement as regards protecting players. But what happened on Saturday night was a big mistake. And that does trickle down right across. And it sends out a wrong message to amateur players throughout the country and throughout the world. So um, they've more or less admitted that they're wrong. Uh, but the Australian medical people should have taken Nick White off Yeah, just and bef- not allowed him to go back on the field.
2: Just, I've only got 50 seconds left, so I just want to ask you a quick question about so neck rolling. There was a number of instances of that where it seemed like the Australian players weren't learning from the mistakes and the penalties that were being given against them.
5: No, they weren't. Their discipline was terrible and um, again, that was something that I was bemused by. Yeah, um, Bad technique, um, poor reaction along the contact areas and poor technique, so... It cost him dearly
2: in the end. Yeah, it's, it's something that, uh, it's, a, it's a conversation I think we probably need to come back to when we have more time. Alan, many thanks. I'm sorry that we actually spoke more about the controversial issues rather than the fact that we've just beaten the third big team from the, south to the Southern Hemisphere in the space of a couple of months, but it's really good time for Irish Rugby and Josh, and and all that. Uh, Alan, many thanks for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Ron. No, thanks. thanks indeed. That's Alan Quinlan with his thoughts on what was an eventful weekend in rugby. My thanks to everyone who contributed to tonight's show. Ian O'Connor produced. That's all we've got time for. We'll be back with you next Monday night. Good night and good luck.